Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, like Big Sam back in the really back in a relegation Ooh. battle. We are back here on the Ringer Gambling Soccer Show. I'm Steve Scrooge, is always joined by the great Paul Carr of True Media. Paul, are you pumped for uh, for Mr. Relegation? We'll do more on this a little bit later, but. Man, he had some glowing quotes in the uh, in his like you know introductory presser, comparing himself to Pep Guardiola and Klopp, and saying he's just as good as those guys. I, uh, I, you know, it's never good news when Sam Allardyce comes into your club because it's pretty much the the most desperate place you could possibly be. Right. But I think he's kind of a fun character to at least have oh, back. I love that he's back because <laughs> this this can't go badly from an entertainment perspective. Either he's going to pull almost a miracle and keep leads up, or it's going to be a complete disaster and, and they're going to go down. And either way, it's going to be glorious to watch. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll get to we'll, we'll do the whole relegation battle because there's really, it's really you know if you're considering Southampton already done, which I think the Vegas yeah, books would, they're pretty much done. It seems to be four teams for two spots: uh, thirty points, thirty points, thirty points, and twenty nine points. It's Everton, Forest, uh, Leicester, and who am I missing? Leeds. Uh, Le- Le- Leeds, obviously. The, the reason that we're talking about this. So we'll get to uh, we we'll get to major Leeds soccer just in a little bit. We've also got we'll touch on the messy stuff. He's uh, going to go to P- PSG or he's leaving PSG, I should say, after um, two kind of weird years. I've got a bigger picture take on kind of him and and the future of PSG. Uh, we got some U.S. men's national team updates. Some unfortunate news for 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 some guys. One injury, um, one just not playing, and then the future of some other players. Uh, maybe we'll hit on the Jude Bellingham potentially picking a new team. He's going to be leaving uh, Borussia Dortmund, which is. Everybody thought he was maybe going to Liverpool for a while. Then it was City. It doesn't appear that he's going to be going to the Premier League. So we'll update that yet at the end. And then also we'll, as always, get to our best bets. But we've got to start here, Paul. Uh, Erling Holland. He breaks the the all-time English League scoring record for one season. Um, or at least like the modern-day record. Dixie the Dean. Premier I think, scored, yeah, the yes. Premier League era record. Yeah, because Dixie Dean back in like, what was it, the 20s or something? Like, I think he had 60-something goals. Shout out to Everton. You know, that's the one thing we hold on to <laughs> these days. But uh, Holland scored his 35th goal today. That breaks the tie with Andy Cole and Alan Shearer, who both had 34. You and I were both kind of skeptical. I remember in our preseason pod, I've heard a few people give us flack for this. I, I don't really actually regret this at all because yeah. we were basically just saying, don't bet him. The, the, the right. odds weren't good enough to bet him as the as the, um, as the the golden boot winner in the Premier right. League. Obviously, we were wrong there, but I still feel like we were... I didn't think he was going to come in like this guns blazing right. in the Premier League and just like the, obviously set a record for most goals scored. But your thoughts on, uh, on him breaking the Premier League goal scoring record today? So... 35 goals for him in 31 games that he's played. Obviously, a great accomplishment. Super impressive. But what uh-oh, bugs me more, <laughs> this really, really isn't about him as much as 
this is kind of the research nerd in me coming out, is that the big headline is that this is a Premier League scoring record, which it is. It's the most anyone has scored in a Premier League season. But the Premier League started officially branding in 1992-93. And we can do better. It's not just the most goals in the last you know, 31 seasons. It's the most goals anyone scored in the English top flight since 1966-67 when Ron Davies had 37 for Southampton. So just from an impressive record standpoint, why are we stopping at 31 seasons when you can go back 57 seasons? It's just kind of, what's more impressive? First time in 31 years, first time in 57 years. Like, this isn't hard. Come on, people. You, and it's funny, we do this too, you know, in some other sports where it's the NBA, like pre-merger or the NFL pre-merger. But, uh, yeah. you know, th- those leagues have obviously been, I think both merged, well, I want to say the 60s and 70s. So the 70s Premier League, was the NFL, yeah. Yeah, the Premier League formed much, much more recently than that. Not yeah. that it hasn't been a long time, but it is it is kind of strange. And then like the Dixie Dean record just gets completely thrown out. Now, the thing that does complicate this is like how many teams are actually playing, in, like how sure. many games are played and how many teams are in the division. So like I, I believe the, the, the Andy Cole and Alan Shearer one, that was a 42 game schedule right. with 22 teams in the league that has since been changed. Um, Mo Salah most recently came close. I think he had 32 a couple years ago and people were saying, hey, you know, if he played an extra four games, like does he get there? Maybe. Probably, yeah. but to me, that does make it all more, all the more impressive that Holland has done it. By the way, with what five games to go, right. I think right. so. He can, he, he can end up with you know well over forty pretty easily, yep. and kind of. I'm interested to like. I'm so interested to see like the future of that. Is is does he replicate this next season? Is it possible to even replicate this next season? Because um, you again, we talk about this all the time. Like we think we think growth is linear, um, but he can have just as good of a season next year and just not have as many goals or not be as lucky, or the extra you could not be the exact same. So. Um, obviously a fantastic season for him. It is kind of funny though, Paul. He's 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 kind of a one I hate to say this because like I'm being it sounds like I'm being nitpicky and I am picking some nits here. He is kind of a one-dimensional player. And like he doesn't touch the ball for a for a ton right. of the game. Like he's obviously I'd take him over Harry Kane, I'd take him over probably any striker in the world right now, yeah. true striker if you're excluding Mbappe. But you know, he'll just go through chunks of the game and not have any sort of impact on it whatsoever. And then he'll have a couple touches and he'll have a hat trick. It's, it's, he's one of the most unique players I feel like I've ever yeah. watched um, in all my time watching soccer. Just like an extreme version of the number nine, you know? He doesn't do a ton, but he does everything exceptionally well. Like he needs some sort of service, but he can also sort of create that service or create space for him or use his body to you know, fend off defenders. So yeah, he's, he's just the, I feel like he's, I don't know if he's the end, end but the end of the development of this number nine in a lot of ways. And yeah, he could have, you know, his 35 goals are only on 26 expected goals, so he's running hot. But, you know, he's generally trended above his XG for his career, which you would kind of expect a little bit from the best one of the best players in the world. So yeah, he could be just as good next year, but only have 25 goals, and that wouldn't be that weird, you know. So it, it will be fun to see how City continues to use him. You know, City has kept evolving, under Pep Guardiola, assuming he's sticking around, what do they have a next step? Is there another gear? Are they gonna, you know, do more of this, you know, move stones in the midfield thing? I don't know, but it'll be fun to see what wherever they end up. And that's why you and I, before the season, again, I don't, you know, you can clown us all you want. It's fine. We were wrong. It's not the end of the world. I don't, I've been wrong many times. It's not the end of the world. We'd like to have interesting discussions here on the pod, and I'm always trying to be right. Uh, but our our questions coming in the season were like, he plays a completely different style than what City played. And it did take right. them a little bit to sort bit. of adapt to him. And then once Kevin De Bruyne kind of figured it out, it was like, here, cool, through ball, curve action on it, like he's in. And just like today's goal, I mean, he gets in behind the defense, little dink over the goalkeeper, and, you know, there's your goal. Like, it's, that's what he does. He's, he's probably the most devastating player, even including Mbappe, probably in the entire world. And somebody, it, 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 he's, but it's, it, it's, it's just as strange, the entire situation, because I don't know that, uh, I, 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 let's get into this because this is this is the, I guess the, the discussion that I want to have. Like how how valuable, how impactful is he to a certain team? Because you have guys that touch the ball more, obviously that like you know dictate play more, that really dictate your style of play more. Now you could say like he takes he drags guys out of position, and I want to have this conversation in relation to the ball and door, right? Which has basically been conceded to Messi since he won the World Cup with Argentina, right? And he's not really having a traditional Messi season. We'll get to him being out of PSG in just a second, but. You know, if you look at the statistics, like Holland's got 50 goals and eight assists on all competitions. Messi's got 20 goals and 19 assists, which is still incredible, but obviously way down. Um, it's it's a down year, certainly, for PSG. Um, if if City do win the treble, so if they win the uh if they win the cup, uh, if they win the Premier League, which they look like uh, looks like they will do, and if they win the Champions League, which has eluded them for the basically the entire time that you know Pep has been there and even before that, this has been the one prize that they've wanted. 
should do, do you give any like do should we give more props and there should be more should there be more buzz about Erling Haaland being the Ballon d'Or winner over Messi even though Messi did kind of bring you know this home country a World Cup over the winter? I think there should be because I mean look. Messi was probably more important to Argentina in a lot of ways, maybe than Holland was to City. You could make that case. But Holland's done it. You know, Messi did it over seven games, six games. You want to throw out that Saudi Arabia game. Uh, Holland's done it for an entire season. And I mean, as important as Messi was, like you take Holland off the City team, they're not that much worse. But being not that much worse is probably enough to finish behind Arsenal. Could easily get knocked out by Real Madrid or whoever they play in the final. Um, so I. I think he is important. I would lean toward Holland just for the sheer volume of work, the sheer body of work of it all. You know, Messi won all those Ballon d'Ors when he was not necessarily doing as well with Argentina. And so I wouldn't hold it against Holland that, you know, Norway is not on the world stage and a world power type of thing. I, w- I would pick him over. It's hard to go against the World Cup. Uh, I think Holland's, in Holland's favor is that that was six months ago or will be more than six months ago by the time the voting is... Uh, wrapped up this summer, so that's worked in his favor. I think it's pretty reasonable. And if you know you're looking at the odds, I think it's like plus two seventy five for Holland. Yeah, if he ends up with sixty goals and three trophies, hard and to, that's more recent, that's hard tough to, to say no yeah. to. So it, this, I don't, I, I, I don't, Fandle didn't have. There's a. I was trying to look for it all over the internet. I, I found something. I don't know how real or not this is, but Messi minus two hundred, Erling Haaland's plus one seventy five. One seventy five. Yeah. I just wouldn't. Sorry. If you find it anywhere, I, I, I don't know that I'd even advocate betting for it because I just feel like it sort of still is a foregone conclusion that Messi is going to win the award. I think we're just having this conversation, you know, just as two guys sitting in a bar being like, who's who had the better season? The the only thing that I would say is. Uh, you know, obviously the, the the part of the Ballon d'Or too is like, what do you, what do you remember the most about the season? What was the you know the most memorable thing? Like, if you have one memory of twenty two, twenty three, that whole stretch, which is what would the award would be, what is it? It's probably going to be Messi winning the World Absolutely. Cup. Absolutely. So, so I so that like does sort of I guess that skews it a little bit towards Messi. Yes, I mean, it, here's the thing too is like the guy who had the best season doesn't always win the Ballon d'Or either. Like we've seen. Yeah. You know, Lewandowski a couple of years ago, he we had, there was there wasn't even a vote, but he should have won it. I mean, yep. there's plenty of years where you know it, stats have been kind of thrown out the window in favor of just like kind of vibes for right. Messi or Ronaldo. Any right? and Xavi should have totally. two or three probably between them, et cetera. So, so from that perspective, I, you know, I, I, it's it's hard to be like, hey, 20 years from now, like we'll be talking about Messi winning the World Cup. Yeah. We'll probably not that the, not that the treble for Manchester City won't be a big deal, but the World Cup is a bigger deal. Yeah, I think Holland probably has to win the league and Champions League. And, that, and I don't say that that's how it should work, but I think things how, that's how it does work. Is, you know, why did Benzema uh, win a Ballon d'Or? Well, it's because Real Madrid won Champions League. Not just, but might not have gotten there without it. So I think he's got to win at least those two top trophies. And, you know, obviously it'd be nice if he scored either, you know, a key goal or two or five, which he still could. So I, I think he's got to get there. And then we can have an argument. It'll be fun to yell at people about it for a while. And then maybe score the winning goal in both competitions. Like he's oh. gonna really have to rant. Like yeah. He's gonna have to stab that if he, I think if he wants to actually make this, this a discussion. Yeah. But it is fun to have. The one thing I would say, all right, like maybe this is a stupid question. Maybe it's too obvious. Uh, like in a vacuum, not like for their particular club right now, because I think you could argue that PSG is a disaster. We'll get to that yes. in like a minute. But like you're just building a team right now, and we talked about how on and like the lack of touches and how one dimensional he kind of is. You know, he's the best one dimensional player in the world. If you get one guy like tomorrow to win a game, who are you taking? Between Holland and Messi, I'd probably take Holland. I mean, he does need, you know, some kind of whatever service guys around him a little bit. But you know, Messi also uh, can't elevate another whole team like he used to be able to. And I don't think he has the gravity of drawing everybody in like he used to. So I would probably take Holland. I mean, you could definitely make Casey the way, but I think it's Holland for me. He's just that much better than anyone else at that position. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right because. Um... Messi, there's, there's been times where he'll disappear, especially in the PSG. I mean, obviously the Champions League matches, like he just kind of, kind of disappeared a little bit. And then there, there'll be the people that are arguing, oh, like he also, you know, he had five penalties in the World Cup. Like, why is he getting so many, so much, so much credit for for penalties right, scored? That's true. That's um, true. You know, Pessi versus Minaldo. We're going back to that debate. But yeah, I think you're probably right because I, I could still build. Assuming this is like a fantasy draft, like I'm drafting in FIFA or something. Yeah. Like, I'll t- maybe Colin. I don't get, maybe I don't get Kevin De Bruyne, but like, give me like James right. Ward Prowse. He, I, right. We'd be just as fine, like ser- <laughs> servicing. Uh, Servicing yeah. Holland, so I think you're probably right because he's like the most. The, the upside is just like way too elite with him. But yep. man, I think it's gonna going to be an interesting debate. Even though I think it's probably it'll be a fan debate because I just think Messi's gonna win the award probably no matter what. But yeah. let's get to Messi here really quickly then because there was a report that came out what today basically that Messi 
is out this summer at PSG. His contract is up. There was talks that he would potentially re-up that maybe for a year. Barcelona's been looming. The MLS has been looming. Saudi Arabia has potentially <laughs> offered a $400 million contract, which doubles that of Cristiano Ronaldo's, which would be insane. Um, all of this basically coming after what has been a pretty lackluster PSG season. They're going to win the league, but they, they they bowed out of the cup. They obviously didn't weren't successful in the Champions League. It just hasn't been a fun ride, I feel like, for Messi there for two years. Um, and you've also got PSG fans calling out Messi and, Messi and Neymar again. Just good vibes all around, really, Paul. But yeah, yeah, what, what do you make of this? I mean, I, again, I'll get to this in a second because FanDuel actually sent us some, some fake odds of where they would have, hypothetically, for him to play next season. You can't actually bet on these, but they did it hypothetically. But your, your thoughts on him just moving on from Paris this summer? I'm interested to see what the next step is because, you know, if he goes to Saudi Arabia, he's probably going to disappear like Ronaldo did. Now Ronaldo's unhappy there. Uh, he comes to MLS. I, I guess he would disappear off more of the European radar. Obviously, you know, I want him to come to Kansas City and I want to see him play. So, you know, I'm a little, little uh, selfish in that regard. Um, I, I don't know where else in Europe he could go, though. You know, I can't imagine like Man City is going to cough up money for him. Uh, anybody in whatever, Italy. I mean, no. is Newcastle going to get weird? Chelsea going to get weird? Maybe. But I just don't see the money there in Europe. He's obviously not going to go to Real Madrid. Um, and I don't, see, I don't see the super top clubs wanting him. The next tier, really, are they going to pay for him? Uh, I don't know. There's, there's no obvious. I mean, to be honest, MLS seems like the most obvious move. Unless he is he going to get homesick and go back to Argentina. You know, they've embraced him the last year or so for obvious reasons after winning a World Cup. So... That could be something. I, there's just not a clear cut. You know, like PSG was always kind of the move that we were waiting for from Barcelona. That was, you know, it was rumored for years and finally happened. There's they're a, always like they're always like the fallback plan. Like, right. it's like they were like your safety school. <laughs> like, oh yeah, exactly. well, PSG will always be there for you to sign yeah. with. Yeah, there's nothing that clear here. I feel like so much of it is just going to come down to like, what does he want to do? You know, forget the soccer side of it. It's just like, you know, where do you want to go live for two to three years? How much money do you want to make in two or three years? How, how much does all that matter? I don't, those are things that are tough to quantify. Well, if the money is number one, then we already know what the answer to this question is. Right. Um, Saudi Arabia. Let's go. But but the guy, you know, I don't know. Like, if I'm him, I look at what hap- what's happened to Ronaldo. And again, this is me. You know, it's hard for me to, okay, it's easy for me to be like, yeah, turn down the $400 million. You know, like, right. why, like sure, sure, Steve, okay, do, do whatever you want. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I would just look at what happened to Ronaldo. Like, he's kind of irrelevant. He's pretty irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Now, Ronaldo's career was kind of on the decline anyway. Where else was he going to go that would have made it more relevant? Maybe if he went to sporting, we'd still be talking about him. You know, maybe if he went to MLS, obviously, as, as fans in the U.S., we'd still be talking about him. But he's, he's all but basically disappeared other than like on Twitter when you right. know these accounts try to get engagement by using his name. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if I if I'm messy and I look at that, I go, do I really want to do that now? He Now, I, the irony here is that he got fined or he, he got suspended two weeks yeah. by PSG because he was missed a team practice, I believe, a training session yeah. because he was in Saudi Arabia too right. long on Monday. So maybe that's your sign. Maybe he's just, you know, he's he's basically putting uh, the ink to pen on the, on the deal there. And, and we're all just being Duke. But I just I don't know, man. I just think I don't think that's the move. I don't think at age 35 that that's the move for Messi. I don't think so. And yeah, if it hadn't been for that weekend jaunt there, I probably would have just written Saudi Arabia off completely. But I mean, Beckham is clearly making a pitch. You know, we saw the pictures of, of Beckham with Messi. So he's making the Inter-Miami yeah. push. Uh, I feel like that would be kind of the... The only downside to that is like US, we talked about US MLS season. That's a grind. You know, it's a lot of games, a lot of travel. A lot more than all the European guys are used to. They all say when they come over here, you know, they just don't realize that, oh, it's a five-hour trip, especially from Miami, to go you know, anywhere yeah. is a little bit longer than a lot of places. Various field conditions, various right. uh, um, um, climates. Right. <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. He's probably not played a lot of games in New England in April type of Yeah, weather. you want to say, can you do it on a rainy night in Stoke? Can you do it yeah. on a rainy night on a, on a, you know, on a plastic field in Seattle? <laughs> like, right. is, that, is that something that you know, he wants so, to get down with? This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right. Well, as I mentioned, FanDuel, our friends at FanDuel put together some hypothetical odds for us to sign before September 4th, 2023. The odds on favorite, Paul, would you like to take a crack at it? I mean, minus I would, 150. I would guess Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is two plus 200. Barcelona minus 150 is the favorite. Minus With what money, I asked. Yeah, that's exactly money. what I was going to say. They're going to have to bet a lot of money on that to be able to pay him. <laughs> Pull some more levers. That's what you got to do. Pull oh. some trade, you know, sell some more players, sell some more, you know, percentages of your broadcasting rights, which is right. whatever they've done to these random various right. companies. I don't know. That, that, I guess, I guess it kind of makes sense because I think, I think they want him back clearly. They've said that almost basically publicly, but the, the, the president of La Liga was basically like, well, yeah, that's cool, but you guys still can't break financial fair play rules to bring him back. So it's not going to work out unless you do some things behind the scenes. So they are the favorite at minus 150. Any Saudi Arabian team is plus 200 to not sign anywhere. Is basically, basically like retire is plus 300. Inter Miami plus 900. Man City plus 1600. Chelsea plus 2000. Newell's Old Boys, which obviously is his, his uh, boyhood club in Argentina, is plus 2000. Then you get into Newcastle, you know, plus 2500. Man United plus 2500. Bayern Munich. And then you got Wrexham, 250 <laughs> to one. 250 <laughs> to one. We got Wrexham on the list. I, I'll, obviously, that's that's more of a joke. I feel like than anything, I'm, I'm very happy they put that in there, though, as they just get promoted, by the way, into the fourth tier of English soccer. Congrats to them. Um, but I mean, imagine Messi playing in a Newcastle jersey. That would be like Ooh. Patrick Ewing in a Raptors jersey at the end of his career. That would be like Orlando that, Magic. that would that would go up there. The Orlando Magic, exactly. That would go up there with like the most awkward, you know, oh, stars gosh. playing in random jerseys at the end of their careers. Paul, it's terrible. I mean, I feel if I'm looking at those odds, like I feel like Inter Miami at nine to one is the play, uh, just because. Yeah, I don't feel like I said. I don't feel like anyone in Europe is going to either have the money or have the system that wants to. Except, I guess, maybe Barcelona if they find it under the cushions or whatever it is. But I feel like, yeah, if I were getting plus 900 on Inter-Miami, I'd probably sprinkle a little bit on that. You heard it here first. Vandal, make this real. Put this put this out there for the people. I don't know. I don't know. What, there's probably rules to holding this back because, I mean, again, like, there's so many back channels. This thing might even be done already. Yeah. We don't even know. I bet uh, it gets but, weird also just for, well, I mean, they put a date on it, which is which is the thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, MLS, he could come to MLS but not sign until January or yep. something. Or, you yep. know, it gets weird like that with the the different sorts of schedules and seasons. I guess if I had a pick, I, I I want him to go back to Barcelona because I just feel like he has European, you know, Champions League nights left in him. Not at the he's kind of like LeBron in a way, you know, like we've seen LeBron in the playoffs sort of take this. He, he's not the alpha anymore. Like he'll pick and choose his spots, right, where right. he's like, I'll ramp it up here for three minutes and I'll play defense. Or he's he's not really the shooter that it, he was never a great shooter, but he's he certainly he's been terrible shooting this playoffs. But he picks and chooses his spots to attack the rim, to play defense, to be that guy. Messi, I think, could still be that guy for Barcelona. Um, the question is, you know, again, <laughs> where do they find the money? And I guess that is a, a to be determined. I guess there, but that would yeah. probably be my preference if, if if there was any. I still want him to come to MLS, but just not next year. Don't come next year. It's too soon. Um, anyway. All right, speaking of uh, people making their returns, as I mentioned, Big Sam, Sam Allardyce, is back Ooh. in the Premier League. So, um, for your, your, I guess you gave your initial thoughts on, on him. Now, this is the funny contract situation. He gets $500,000 to manage four games, four Leeds games for the rest of the season, and he gets $2.5 million a, a bonus if he keeps them up. This is their schedule, Paul. I, I didn't realize this was this brutal. They're That's at, not good. They're at City, home Newcastle, at West Ham, home to Spurs to close it out. Jeez. They are, that's horrific. Now, yeah. from my perspective, one, it's Sam, we talked about at the top of the pod, we're happy that your personality is back in the league. But I also kind of look at, this is a no-lose situation for Sam Allardyce. Oh, yeah. They're, they're the second odds-on favorite to go down behind Southampton right now. The, yeah. Right now, five Southampton's minus 5,000, Leeds are minus 188, Everton minus 150, Forest minus 125, Leicester plus 175. So he's Mr. You know, relegation buster. He's Mr. Keep, it, keep your team up, even though the most recent one in West Brom a couple years ago, he did not keep them up. But that was a terrible situation anyway. He almost had no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, this is, this is a no-lose situation for Sam Allardyce. Yep. Yeah, he's got, I mean, you're playing two of the top three teams in the league. Then you're on the road to West Ham and you're home to Spurs. You're going to be underdogs in all four games. Maybe not the last one. If you know Spurs is probably going to have nothing to play for. Uh, West Ham won't have a lot to play for. So that's something that's going for you. Yeah, you think they'd be safe by then? Yeah. But yeah, even if you you know if they get win those two games, Leeds wins the last two and loses the other two, they could still be going down. So yeah, this Big Sam's in a perfect spot. You know, you can't you know you go get waxed by Man City this weekend. Okay, you know you lose at home to Newcastle. Like you know we're going to lose anyway. And yeah, it's four games. So, you know, you can always just say, well, you know, I didn't, 
coach those other 34 games, so not my problem. But great spot for him. Good job. Good agent. So he has nothing to lose. And the other big winner here is uh, our guy Jesse Marsh keeps keeps taking W's here <laughs> as yeah. as leads continue to free fall. If you look, basically, there's some like chats or, or some 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 charts like with XG and just like performance yeah, outputs but, where it's basically dropped off a cliff since he left. Whether it's the yep. interim manager, whether it's Gracia who took over, who's now gone, and Sam comes back. My thing with these guys though is like, so you're only a couple of like you're what uh, a couple months away, or I should say a couple years away from Marco Bielsa ball. You mm-hmm. could not have two different contrasting style of players than Bielsa <laughs> and Big Sam, Sam Allardyce. I mean, that's yep. that. It, it just like it just is what it is. So I, I, I kind of like. Do they even have the guys that know how? To, like, if it was like Burnley or even like this Everton team, where they've just got some like big headed center backs that like had the ball out and play defense for ninety minutes and try to eke out a draw or a one 0 win, I'd be like, all right. But that's not what this Leeds team is, Paul. Right. I think they yeah. are screwed. I said a couple weeks ago that they're safe. I was so wrong. I think they are. I think they are rightfully the second favorite to go down. Well, and here's. The problem, talk about the guys on the field. I mean, Tyler Adams is not there. And I don't think I'm saying this as an American homer because when he's on the field, they give up about 1.4 goals per 90 minutes. When he has not been on the field this season, given up 2.8 goals per 90 minutes. And the underlying numbers are more or less the same. Not quite that drastic, but pretty close. About a goal difference per 90 minutes without Tyler Adams on the field. He's so important to the way that they want to you know, play fast and press. And he just put, fills so many gaps, just like he does at the US. He fills all those gaps at the back uh, snuffs out so many attacks, counterattacks before they even get to the point that they're dangerous. And he hasn't been there. And so everyone's just been running right through the Leeds midfield. That's like bef- more than, you know, the manager change. That's the biggest issue they've had, I think, over the last, you know, was six weeks or so, a month without him on the field. He's not going to be there the rest of the season. And it's hard for me to see Leeds getting, you know, more than four points the rest of the way if they're lucky. And I'm not sure that's enough to keep them up. I think. I mean, I wonder if they would take four points at this point. I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't see it. I don't. I just because obviously, you know, City still need to win games. West Ham, they're not just going. to... I mean, you know, maybe they're safe and they just lay down. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Spurs lay down too. But you got to think other teams are going to be playing teams that are laying down as well in the last couple of weeks. I mean, yep. we're in this weird part of the season where we just don't know who's motivated to even really care about winning, which is why yeah. it's kind of hard to bet some of these uh, end right. of the season games. But yep. I think I again. So so you know, gun to your head, they're down. They're going down. Yep. I think so. Yeah. So who's who's joining them? So that leaves Nottingham Forest, Leicester, and Everton. Everton are the betting favorite. Uh, third yeah. to go down at minus one fifty. Yeah, sorry, Everton. Now Everton's schedule is not too bad. I believe they've it's got um, they've got Man City coming up, but they they end they end with Bournemouth and Wolves. So if they pick up six points there, you know you never know. But again, like they're probably going to be going into those last two games yeah. needing to win both of them, and that's not a great sign. Forest are just sure. up and down. Like Forest can still get some points at home. They're a little bit surprising. They. They almost knocked off, uh, what was it, Brentford? You had that as your best bet, I believe. It almost mm-hmm. Brentford saved you in the end there, but they almost ended up actually doing something on the road for the first time. And then you got Leicester, who I think they're just on paper too good to be in this situation. I think right. they'll end up staying up too. So they I do. kind of agree with you. Leicester does have, they have, and they have Fulham next on Monday. But they, then they host who, who Liverpool. Have quit, who have quit on the season, by the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. Yes. They, but then they host Liverpool and they're at Newcastle. So, I mean, yeah. And then home to West Ham at the end, which, you know, again, you think West Ham has nothing Man. to play for, but. As somebody has always said, like if you must win, then you must not be very good. And all these teams are playing themselves right into that spot. So it's going to be a you know some random bounce kick card, whatever it is, that's going to decide the season. Uh, yeah, I think Leicester's going to stay up, but you know if they don't, if they go you know drop two or three points at Fulham on Monday, they're in big trouble too. Yeah, I, I'd go, I'd go Everton. Uh, leads and then fours. I think those are. I think those are your three. I told you months ago. I said you can get Everton plus money still. I think it was plus one fifty at the time. You can get they're going down. Like <laughs> now it's. I mean minus one fifty. I mean there's. I still think they're going down. It's not great value there, but uh, I think the writing's been on the wall for almost two years now with this club. So we we shall see. Good luck in the championship next year. I'll be I'll be watching on ESPN Plus. Uh, <laughs> speaking speaking of Tyler Adams, I actually have a couple of quick U.S. Men's National Team quick hitters for you here. Tyler Adams, obviously you mentioned out for the year injury. Um, but there have been a lot of rumors about his future. He is a man in demand. There are a lot of clubs that could use a guy of his quality position. We talked about it on a, on a couple pods ago, how important uh, or how valuable and how scarce sort of that defensive midfielder position is to find a really quality guy. I mean, you saw Manchester United spend, what, $60, $50 million pounds on Casemiro, who's, mm-hmm. you know, in his 30s. Like, he's definitely kind of towards the twilight of his career, and they're still willing to spend that much money because that position is so important. Well, Tyler Adams plays that position extremely well. He plays it, obviously, in the Premier League at a high level. There have been a ton of rumors about him. Apparently, AC Milan is very interested in his services. The one thing I would say about Milan is they're kind of stacked at midfield, so I don't know if they're pretending on yeah. potentially going to sell somebody. They've got Tenali, they've got Benacer, 
So we'll kind of see kind of how that how that ends up playing out. A couple other rumors there too. Apparently Sevilla and Hoffenheim are interested, but his preference reportedly is to stay in the Premier League with Newcastle and Arsenal still in the mix. So is that would that be your preference? Like, do you want? To, I mean, obviously from a watching perspective, we want to say him in the yep. Premier League, but would he would he, he wouldn't really be a locked in starter though for either of those teams? I bet. Right. That's. I mean, Arsenal obviously sounds great. He's talked about it as a poster of Thierry Henry on his wall when he was a kid. Um, I don't know how he fits though with Party still there, and Party's got I think a couple years left on his deal, so I don't know. He's been digged up a lot this year, though. So, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, you that's, could say maybe the opportunity. If, if I'm there. Arsenal, and, and the thing is, like, if they could get him at a relatively cheap price, which they might, if Leeds has to have a fire sale for going down, that's a pretty good move for Arsenal because you're going to have, you know, all you're going to be in Champions League next year, so you're going to have all the games. Uh, not too bad. Not a terrible idea if they, you know, if they're paying whatever twenty million or something for him, that'd be a pretty good spot. Um, yeah, but like Sevilla, I, I can't imagine he's going to go to. I don't like Spain. Liga. I don't yeah. think he's going to go back to Germany at a step or two lower than RB Leipzig generally. Um, yeah, Milan seems like a nice idea. Like, let's get a Adams Pulisic package to Milan. But like you said, they seem to have players there that don't seem to be going anywhere. Obviously, things could change. But so yeah, I don't see an obvious move up to one of those bigger clubs as much as it would be fun to have him. Um, but maybe you know, I, if Arsenal is going to go almost the Man City route and just stockpile all the talent it's not the worst idea either uh the other thing too with ac milan is they uh they drew cremonese today which is a terrible team in syria and they are <laughs> losing sort of their their last hopes at making right. the champions league their, champions their league. best bet might actually be winning it which isn't a great bet to make not good um considering i mean they might make the final but they're gonna chances are they're gonna play you know city or, or real madrid so not awesome there uh but the the, the thing with adams too is he, he can play a little bit of right back he hasn't really played that at Leeds, but he did play that um uh, a little bit in Germany, he did play yeah. that certainly in MLS. Not that had, I, I, that's not his preferred position, but you know, with, with the way that Arsenal sort of play, they do kind of play those inverted wing uh, uh, fullbacks. So he'd probably be more of a midfield fullback in the same way that Sinjenko on the left plays sort of as a midfielder. Cancelo plays kind of that same way. We've seen it with um, Trent Alexander Arnold at Liverpool. Like a lot of the, the new kind of thing is to play these like basically inverted fullbacks as midfielders to. Right you know, uh, sort of like skew the numbers a little bit in the formation your way. That I think would benefit him. He probably would, I think, do well in a right-back role slash midfield role for Arsenal. And maybe his versatility helps them there. I'll throw one out. This is completely unsubstantiated, but like he wouldn't be the worst fit at Liverpool. Um, <laughs> Liverpool's midfield has been a mess. You know, I mean, everyone's been injured all season. You know, Henderson's getting old. Fabinho's been hurt. Uh, Thiago's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, they've been terrible in transition and, and the defense has been kind of a mess. Wouldn't be the worst fit there. I'm not saying they're going to go get him, but just saying that's kind of a position of need and they're probably going to aim higher than Adams, but not the worst idea. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't hate him with Klopp. I think he's he's that kind of like intense, especially pressing style player. He doesn't, he's not as good as like playing the ball out from the back, but if you just right. need a guy to like wreak havoc in the midfield and yeah. like cover up, cover, you know, the center back's asses and the rest of the midfield's asses, right. that's, he's probably the guy. The one thing, that's actually a great uh, little segue here. I was going to bring up, it looks like Jude Bellingham uh, incredible midfielder for P- for uh, BVB, who is English, is going to re- go to Real Madrid. He was rumored to go to Liverpool pretty much for the last like two years or so. He was rumored to go to Manchester City. Um, I think it's a fantastic signing for Real Madrid. I think oh, their midfield with Chouameni and Bellingham and uh, Ka- you know Kamavinga. Kamavinga, Valverde is still a midfield. I mean, that's a, I mean they didn't get Mbappe, but man, that's 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 the best midfield maybe in the world right there at least as far as sheer numbers. But that does make an interesting case then. So if Liverpool do miss out on him. I almost feel like Liverpool are better off. And again, not that you're like better off missing out on what is probably a generational player, but they're not one midfielder away. They need like three or four midfielders. And you're mm-hmm. right. If Tyler Adams is one of those guys, maybe he could be in the mix and like he can kind of carve out a role for himself there. Right. They pay whatever, 100 million just for Bellingham, or can they pay 30, 40 million and get three guys to yeah. stabilize everything? Yeah. Um, it'd be pretty wild if, so, I mean, Bellingham may be the best midfielder of this next generation for England. And if his the bulk of his careers in Germany and Spain, uh, just given the fact that you know almost every great English player has spent most of their career in England over the last twenty years, uh, that'd be pretty wild. But man, that midfield would be—I mean, it's kind of following the model they had before. You know, they had Kroos, they had Modric, and you know, between with those two guys, Casemiro too. You yep. Just kind of figure out, yeah, Casemiro. Everything else just kind of figures itself out. You get a good forward up top, and, or two or three. Uh, but yeah, if they do the same thing and get those three, four midfielders and keep them there for half a dozen years or so, that's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch and a very dangerous team to play. And they just extended Tony Cruz too, so he's there. I think for another two, two he's th- through twenty twenty four, I believe. So you know, he's obviously he's a little bit older now and not in his prime, but he's still a fantastic midfielder. Still there. So wow, I mean, this is it's no secret that 
you know, you could say what you want about like the spending and Barcelona is obviously in financial turmoil, but Real Madrid have actually been pretty, they, they've been, they mm-hmm. plan quite well. I mean, they planned yeah. a lot of this around getting Mbappe, which they didn't get, which, you know, I think they were bummed about, but still they were able to sort of spend. The one thing that they did do was obviously the hundred million pounds for, for Eden Hazard has basically been one of the worst transfers of all time. <laughs> Uh, that's up there with a the Coutinho one, and that's he just he just hasn't even played. Nope. He's just he's not even in shape. He's completely he's completely past it at this point. And I don't even know what you get for him at this point. But other than that, they've done some some incredible incredible business. And it's no secret that obviously there's no surprise. I should say that they're in the final four of the Champions League pretty much every year and in contention to win it. Um, all right, back to some of the other U.S. stuff here. Uh, tough one here for our guy Tim Ream breaks his mm-hmm. arm against Manchester City. You know, I, he'll be fine. I think in the long run, he it was funny. He had this like arm and kind of like a makeshift sli- uh, yeah. sling in his in his jersey. He ended up going to the hospital again. Long term, will be fine, but he's likely out now for the Concacaf Nations yeah. League final in June and the Go- and the Gold Cup in July. Kind of gives a decent opportunity for some of the younger guys, though, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, we might have been the starter at center back. I'm kind of assuming Walker Zimmerman's penciled in at the right center back spot. Uh, if Miles Rob- Robinson continues to stay healthy. He's probably the favorite to be there. And frankly, I'm pretty good with that. Uh, Mark McKenzie's been pretty decent. I mean, he had some bad spells with the U.S. In the last couple of years, but he's been good apparently for Genk in Belgium. So, you know, he might be your number three. Uh, so you're, you're losing depth. You're losing some flexibility because Reem uh, could play, you know, outside back if they need him to. You're losing that familiarity with Anthony Robinson, presumably on the left side. So, yeah, it's not good. And just kind of feel for him. Like, somehow... I don't quite understand. Like Fulham's defense has been terrible this year, but Reem's been good somehow, yeah. uh, which doesn't totally add up. But yeah, and this is might have been his last real summer to play for trophies with the U.S. You know, he's 35, I think. So you know, he's not going to stick around another World Cup cycle. You wouldn't think, but who knows? Uh, so yeah, just feel for him more than anything else. You could just tell walking off the field that the sad injury walk. So uh, U.S. should be okay, but again. If Miles Robinson gets hurt, now you have to start someone like McKenzie. That's when it's not not ideal. If uh, you're just losing depth and opportunities and flexibility. Yeah, I'm with you. Like Reem, to be able to like have that full circle come back and be that important of a piece to a World Cup cycle for the U.S. is is you know that that's the most important probably you know international moment of his career. I mean, it sucks that he's going to miss the Gold Cup, but it's like it's not the end of the world. I think he would take right. the World Cup over that. So yeah. he definitely got his shine, which is which is good. I'm, I'm excited. Like you know, Trusty's another guy that I'm kind of interested in seeing if he gets into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you mentioned Mackenzie Richards. So uh, hopefully, if we get a healthy Robinson, though, like I just think that guy, he's he was he was a difference maker before he went yeah. down with the injury. He was obviously going to be a starter, basically, with, with Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah Reem kind of took his spot in. at the World yeah. Cup, which is kind of, now it's so, the other way around. So if it works out that way, then, you know, we've kind of come full circle to the original center back pairing that we thought we were going to have at the World Cup. Yep. So uh, either way, it'll be exciting summer to watch that. Uh, last thing here is Christian Pulisic. Now, he was left out of the Chelsea squad against Arsenal, which was Yeesh. just an embarrassing first, really, first half. O- overall, it's been an embarrassing basically year for Chelsea. Nothing they're doing is going right. So I don't even know what to make of any of this. There was some optimism that, you know, Lampard liked him the right. first time around. And we kind of talked about it. Could this be the opportunity for him to get back into the mix? Doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't even care if he ever plays for Chelsea again. Honestly, I hope he doesn't play for Chelsea ever again. Yeah. What's the point even now? The entire situation is so toxic. They're going to have a new manager next year. The fans are already out. It's, I mean, if you look on Twitter, you know, the oh. English fans are certainly out on him. So I, I don't, I would assume this might be the last, you know, couple of matches you'll ever see with, with Pulisic in a Chelsea jersey. And he's not even wearing a jersey because he's not playing. So yeah. um, I'm not that mad about it, but it just sucks because like, it feels like such a waste of time for him these last couple of years. Right, yeah. It's, we thought Lampard might play the kids and or the guys he was familiar with. And instead he starts Aubameyang against Arsenal, which I don't Can know. Can I go on a rant too? How do you yes. pos- how do you, how do you start Raheem Sterling? What are you what are you doing? You just bought all these wingers. <laughs> you bought Mudrick, you bought the 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 guy with the headband whose name was who was who right. scored the goal who's who was actually pretty exciting and good to watch. Uh-huh. Why is Raheem Sterling playing? We know who Raheem Sterling is. He's fine like he had a, he's passed it. He was fine. You know, uh he was good at Liverpool. He was kind of a prodigy. Probably didn't reach the, the heights that he should have. Was still really good for Manchester City. And I just he's just I don't understand why you're playing him, especially when this entire thing for Chelsea right now should be figuring out who is here to stay. That should be Frank's job. Not playing, you know, thirty-year-old wingers that aren't bring, bringing anything to the table. So I, I didn't get that at all. I don't either. Like, I mean, the only thing I think of is they hope he does something so they could sell him, sell him, and get yeah. some money off the books. I don't know. I made this joke to my friends. Uh, if Everton, if Everton weren't going down, and this was the old Everton, they would one hundred percent, hundred percent spend forty million euros or pounds <laughs> on Sterling yeah. this summer. Yep. So maybe it's good that they're going down so they could they could save themselves right. from themselves. Right. Yep. No. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of move they would have made. I mean, I think I think he's got like four years left on his Chelsea contract. That's horrible. 
They, there are some just horrific contracts. I will say, contracts. I think he's only 27. No, he's 28. But I So he's not crazy. as old as you think, but yeah. Yeah, but he's got a lot of miles on. He's right, got a lot say, he's of been, miles on those been things. Been going yeah. hard for a decade almost. He, I mean, he's, he's been playing since he was like 17, 18, yep. really pretty consistently. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I just, I didn't understand it. I don't get it. Chelsea, they're actually still potentially, they could still potentially be relegated, by the way. Like, I think they're in 12th place, 39. They have as many points now as Bournemouth, who yes, we thought were a shoe exactly. in to get relegated like a couple weeks ago. So, I looked at the table after the weekend and so they're ahead of Bournemouth on goal difference, which, you know, that's insane. Again, there's, there's luck and good luck and bad luck involved in that. But it's just to look at it, like, it looks like the table should look, you know, in September. And here yeah. we are in May. Yeah, it's just, I, they, it's, are, they are it's not. It's jarring. Safe. They are like, not. That's safe. how bad Chelsea's legit been that bad. Like, they're 16th in goals. They're ninth in expected goal difference, so you know they should probably be a little bit higher, whatever. But yeah, they've. This is not a. This everything has gone wrong for them. This is eh, a little bit's gone wrong, but they've just not been good. I mean, anyone who's watched them for the past month, just like man, this is. It's not fun. It's horrific. And let me pull up their schedule here too, because Frank Lampard has not won a game yet with Chelsea. Uh, he's wearing I think it. He's, I think he's only got what one point, maybe. I think he's only. Has, I think he has one point. I want to say. Um, let me actually just look this up really quickly. I okay, think, I got the schedule. Yeah, they're at Bournemouth. So, <laughs> showdown for 12th or whatever it is. Uh, home to uh, Forest. Uh, teaser alert. I like Bournemouth in that game. <laughs> we'll get to our uh, best bets in a yes, little bit. <laughs> same. Uh, home to Forest. But then, l- listen to this finish. At City, at United, home to Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, all teams probably having to play for something. City could clinch the title there. You know, I haven't worked out the math, but with a couple games left, that'd be pretty reasonable for it to actually, for it to work out. City probably has one other one. I think I have the Brighton game jammed in there, but that's a possibility. Uh, at United, home to Newcastle. That could be, uh, yeah. Maybe Did not. they win a game? Did they win a game the rest of the way? Gosh, I, I don't mean, know. You, ha- you have to beat Forest at home, right? I mean, for- Forest, like, they're kind of, again, <laughs> at, they're not a great road team. We've talked about this a lot on yeah. the pod. But, I don't know. That Chelsea are terrible. Chelsea are right, honestly, yeah. yeah I don't, is there a worse team right now than Chelsea? I, I, don't, I don't think so. So, man, I, I think it's, it's like, and we talked about who would score more goals, uh, Holland or Chelsea. Well, that's, that's kind of like a blowout now. Like, it's yeah. not even, it's not even, Holland's running away with it. So this has been, man, I know like, Chelsea will probably be back in some way, shape, or form next year. Like maybe sure. they get Harry Kane, you know, maybe they get like a Declan. Who knows? I don't know what what happens. But it's funny to kind of look at this now and be like, this is, you know, all the other teams, like the Arsenals, all my Arsenal friends and my Liverpool friends, this is great banter for all of them. Oh, this has been just an absolutely horrific season. But uh, to bring it full circle, yeah, Pulisic, we've talked about, we go back a couple pods. We talked about potential landing spots for him in the future, but I wouldn't be disappointed if I never saw him in Chelsea shirt again. Nope, that's fine. Send him along, let him play absolutely out. Those three, you know, the wingers they have in their four, two, three, one, or whatever it is. And, yeah. But, but selfishly, yeah, you know, I'd rather see him in England because I just tend to watch more English games. Um, you know, you, you could almost you could plug him to almost anybody down outside the top four or so. It'd be a, a pretty decent fit. Newcastle would be good, except they have a ton of wingers. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You could pick really again just about anybody. It's funny. Brian, I was going through, like, okay, who needs an attacker? Money. And looking at all the numbers, I was like, oh, Chelsea could... Oh, never mind, shoot. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, like, I mean, again, we've done this, but he single-handedly got them... Cha- when Frank's Frank's first time in charge, where I think he got he ended up getting sacked, but he kind of carried them in the second half of that season mm-hmm. to make top four, to finish fourth, to get in the Champions League. He was that yeah. good. And then he took the 10-shirt next season, and, like, big things were expected for him, right? And it just hasn't really worked. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, if you're looking at the table, like, Tottenham... Uh, Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Fulham, Crystal Palace. I mean, maybe not Palace. They've got a lot of young attacking players, but there's a lot, a lot of mid-table Premier League teams. That can, the pro- the question is, and the problem is, his price is going to be high because he's American. Right, Chelsea that's the don't want to take a massive right. loss on him. Because yeah. he seems like he'd be the kind of guy a Brighton or somebody would get at a cheap price and bring him in and kind of, whatever, re- resurrect his career to overstate it. But since he had that, what, 72 million price tag coming in, they're going to want to get a decent amount going back out, you think? But he also only has a year left on his contract. Does he have the uh, wherewithal to just like play it out? I don't know. You know, I guess the, I guess the problem is though, if, if you were literally not playing, you're not, yeah. your price isn't going to be that great. The, the advantage is you have a little more freedom as far as where you want to go. I'm just, I'm not sure that's the right move, but I like the concept of it, just kind of in the modern era of playing your contract out, betting on yourself. But when you're not controlling it and, and may not play, then that's a little bit of a story i got the team well i got the team okay jj watt just bought burnley let's go he bought he bought part of burnley right yes he's he's getting he's he's he saw what rob mcelenny and he saw what uh what ryan reynolds were doing he's like i want a piece of that so he bought a piece of burnley they're coming back up they're getting they're gonna win the they already won the championship i believe yep and they are coming back in the Premier league next year 
big splash signing to get you back in. Why not? Like Americans go. just hooking up together. Let's see. I think that's perfect. They, and they, honestly, they don't play like your grandfather's Burnley anymore. They're like an attacking style team. So at Pulisic right. might actually fit well in there. Yeah, if they keep that style up and don't bring, you know, Big Sam back or uh, Sean Deitch back and get super practical. Make it work. I mean, not terrible. Not terrible. Burn, Burnley America. Let's go. You're to your first, JJ Watt. You're on notice. Bring bring our boy. Make we make Burnley <laughs> the new Leeds. <laughs> we we lose Leeds, but we get Burnley. Uh too funny, too funny. All right, let's get to our best best to close this out as we always do. Paul, you had a three and last week for you. Yeah, Look baby. At you. You're Rolling. 16 and 14 on the season, plus 1.8 units. Uh I was I've been like one and two the last couple weeks. So I'm 500 now. I'm 15 and 15, but still up a half a unit. My my hedge bets, my two hedge bets, Roma and Everton, I split. Actually, and I texted you too. I bet I double hedged Everton because I hedged them against uh, Leicester too and won that as well. So I'm actually technically three and two on my, on hedging against some of my favorite teams. <laughs> but somehow Roma almost beat Milan, even though that was one of the yeah. wildest games of the weekend when they took the lead in like the 94th minute and then lost it in the 97th minute. But uh, I'm basically around 500 right now. So why don't you kick us off here with your first uh, bet now that you've taken the lead? All right. This may be where you're going too, but I'm taking Bournemouth to beat Chelsea at plus 240. I feel like this needs almost no explanation. Chelsea is awful. Bournemouth isn't necessarily good, but you know, you're getting plus 240, so they need them to win one out of three times, which I think is pretty reasonable. They've been playing, you know, their numbers have been a little bit better in the past you know, month or so as they've had that desperation factor or something. So yeah, this is really just against Chelsea. It was kind of, who's Chelsea playing? I'm going to bet against them. So I'll take Bournemouth at plus 240. So I, I did it slightly differently. I did the Saruti special. I'm yes. going to take the Bournemouth double chance. So to win or draw, the under three and a half because, I mean, Chelsea don't score goals. They scored one against Arsenal, but it was like a little bit fluky. So the Bournemouth double chance under three and a half against Chelsea, that's plus 115. So I'm still getting plus money for that. Yeah, I don't I like that. I, I, you know, I get a, I get a one, one, I get a two, one, uh, that I'll, I'll take that either way. And that actually makes me think, doesn't Michael B. Jordan, he's a part owner of Bournemouth. Let's get Christian Pulisic to Bournemouth oh, next year. There you go. Yeah. Like, there's multiple American options for our guy uh, Pulisic next year. Yes, start a bidding war. I like it. Bournemouth, Bournemouth has been fun the last month. They've actually, they they yeah. score goals. Like They get up and down. Like Billing's been really good. Somebody, uh, thought, uh, Someone hit us up on Twitter and said Bournemouth, assuming they stay up, should go after Pulisic. It'd be a good fit. So yeah. I, I kind of like that, too. I agree. He'd be a shoe and starter, probably on, on one on one of the wings. So that's mm-hmm. I, let's let's make it happen. So we both like, we, we like, uh, we both like, Bournemouth at least. I like them to get a result. You like them to get a win, which I which I don't uh, I don't hate either. All right, what's your next one? Okay, we're going with another relative long shot here. Uh, Newcastle Arsenal. You know I like the draw when it inches up toward plus 300. It's at plus 270 right now. I kind of like that. Arsenal is, you know, this is the slightly better team on the road, which is something I like to look for in a draw. But Newcastle's been playing well. Arsenal's obviously in the title race. Newcastle's in the top four race. So it feels a lot like a, you know, a I don't know, heavyweight title fight might be overstating it, but a 1-1, 2-2 type of game. Chances for both teams, both teams going forward a little bit. So give me the draw, plus 270. I was looking, I didn't know how to bet that. That's probably, that yeah. probably is the way to do it. Because I don't know that I like a side. I, you know, I don't want to bet Arsenal just because they're coming off of like a, an impressive win against a terrible Chelsea team like we right. talked about. Um, obviously, Newcastle is still fighting for it. That probably is the safest bet um, if you're going to make one on that game. Because that's, again, it's at, at Newcastle. So uh, yeah, that's probably where I would go if I had to play that game uh, as well. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well with the Saruti hedge, the emotional hedge. Yes. Uh, Roma are playing another Milan team, this time Inter Milan. Roma, again, they are they are decimated with injuries. Decimated. I talked about it last week. Smalling's out. Dybala's out. Um, they just lost their right back, Selleck, today to injury. When all of them is hurt. Like, they're just, they are a walking, like, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you would call it. They just, they're, they've got half their team on the physios table. So, they're playing at home against Inter. Inter just won 5-0 today. They've kind of figured out that goal scoring for them. We were talked we talked about a couple pods ago about how they're they are drastically underperforming their XG. Right. Well, now they've completely flipped the script on it. I don't know how Roma win this game. So I'm going to take the double chance, Inter double chance under three and a half. Because I think what's what's going to happen is Roma are going to try to play for a draw and then nip a goal at the end. Because again, they don't have the horses to really go 90 minutes toe-to-toe with Inter. So I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think at worst, it's like a nil-nil, 1-1 potentially. But I think Inter probably win it. That's minus 134. So, so another emotional hedge with Roma for your boys, Rudy. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go back to England. I'm going to take Fulham Leicester over two and a half, minus 124. Uh, the price right now. Fulham doesn't have Mitrovic back yet, but again, defense not great. Leicester's last four or five games have been insane. I mean, you know, the, you saw the one against Everton ended, uh, wait, was it 2 2 or 3 3? I've lost track. But there were over six expected goals in that game. So that's just kind of how Leicester's playing. It's looking like a little bit of a track meet the last few games. We know Fulham has been a, a goals machine one way or the other most of the season. Ream's not there. The defense will be weak. So goals. Don't know what's going to happen, but there's going to be goals in this one, I think. Minus 124, I'll play over two and a half. 
Yeah, I don't hate that at all. All right, uh, last one here for me. I'm going to go back another Saruti special. Give me the Napoli money line. They did not win the Scudetto. They didn't win the Italian yeah. uh, championship, the Italian title at home last week. They had a last, uh, it was like, you know, I think a 90, no, no, it was 84th minute something goal against Salernitana, who've actually been a very sneaky, good team in Italy the last couple of weeks or so. So they they didn't do it at home. The pressure is now off them. They're on the road. They're going to Udinese, who had a good start to the season, but have been pretty bad since. They give up a lot of goals. So I'm going to go Napoli money line and the over one and a half goals in that game. It's plus 107. Now, their home stadium is going to be packed. They're going to have screens. They're going to be watching. But I think it's almost better that there's less pressure on them to win it at home. They're going to be on the road. Again, they'll have some traveling fans there. But I like I like uh, Napoli to win the game. I like them to score a couple goals. I think they get the job done and officially win the Italian title. All right. Get that thing wrapped up. It feel like, feels like it's been wrapped up for like six weeks now. But it, it basically has been. Again. I mean, you know, it should have been it should have been beforehand. But uh, but that was it was a, it was a, it was a pretty wild goal last weekend uh, to, to deny them the title. And it was crazy because like, I mean, that that place is ready to explode. I think there was like a registered two point five earthquake on the Richter scale <laughs> when the goal when they scored their goal to go up one nothing. I mean, it, that's what you know, England's cool. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of cool cultural things in soccer across Europe In Italy. The infrastructure is terrible. The, the country is completely backwards. <laughs> But the cult, the soccer culture and DNA in some of those cities is absolutely unlike anything. Yep. If you if you ever seen like a Roma pregame matchup, like if you think you'll never walk alone is crazy, watch the Roma fans serenade their team before every game. It's 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 honestly unbelievable. But uh, but yeah, so that's why I think I think Napoli actually get it done, and honestly good for them because it's good to see one of the the, the white stripe or the, one of the stripes in the north uh, not not actually win a yeah. title for once. First title since Maradona. Just waiting for him. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for us, Paul. We'll be back next week. We got Champions League games next. Oh week. boy. Any thoughts, I guess, on that before we go? I mean, anything? I mean, I, I said I like Milan. I haven't placed any bets on any of these teams yet, but I'm kind of shying away from that because I think Milan or Inter are starting to play better and Milan are starting to kind of shit the bed, but yeah. I'll, I'll have more on that on Monday. Yeah, I was, I was in the same boat. I'm just super excited for City-Real Madrid because I can't wait to see how Real Madrid's going to pull this one out. You think they're going to do it? No, but that's why they're going to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know if I come up with any argument, but it's Real Madrid in Champions League, so I don't know if I can bet against them. I just, man, I, I, I kind of hope you're right as somebody who likes the banter of City not winning it, but it just it just feels like the stars are aligned, man. It just feels, yeah. like, it's just it feels like this is actually the year, but we've said that before. And then, well, yeah, we, we kind of said that last year. <laughs> we've not said so that much. before. So, uh, yeah, so we'll be back on Monday before the games because we've got Tuesday and Wednesday games, so look out for us then. So, as always, thanks to the great Paul Carr. Thanks to our producer, Stefan Anderson. Best of luck to everyone's uh, on their on their best this week. Let's hopefully both go 3-0 this weekend. Get off the schneid for me. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Later, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.